0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 26, 2020.
1: The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do.
0: Because the woman in your life is you. Women's Spaces, my name is Elaine B. Holtz and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer and co producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken.
2: Good
0: morning, Elaine. Oh, what a great day here in Sonoma County. We are live at the studios of KBBF here in downtown Santa Rosa. Uh, this morning, I have two special guests with me. Joining me on the phone for the first segment will be former Hillsburg, uh, California police chief and mayor Susan Jones. Uh, I reached out to the sheriff's department about Measure P, and uh, I got no reply. And I wanted to get a perspective on what law. Law enforcement makes of this uh, ordinance or this uh, measure. And Measure P is the Evelyn Cheatham Effective Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach, ILRO, Adelaro- Ordinance, and it's a it's very important. It's giving us some oversight here in Sonoma County, and hopefully Susan Jones will give us a little bit of an an overview and a kind of a law enforcement opinion, at least her opinion. For the second segment, joining me on the phone will be Mara Ventura, the director of North Bay Jobs with Justice. Uh, North Bay Jobs with Justice is a local workers' right and immigrants' right organization, and we'll be talking about the impact that the pandemic and all the other things that are going on uh, around with the fires and the pandemic and elections and oh my god the world is just topsy-turvy and she'll be talking about some of the challenges that are going on with workers here in our community and also in the United States in general and you know I, I just thought I would just say something really positive this morning you know it's there's so much going on I found myself even having meltdowns every once in a while and uh, several times I have read the 10 words to the positive, uh, to the positive, to the creative spirit several times on the air. And I thought I would just read this one, this one, this one creative idea. Give me trust so no despair can grip my soul. Give me trust so no despair can grip my soul. And right now it's a time that we really need to trust. We need to trust that we're going to get through this pandemic. We need to trust that we're going to get through this election. And we need to trust each other to know that each and every one of us is trying and working for the higher good of all. Even though sometimes it appears this way. Sometimes it really does. It appears that that people just don't care. But I believe that people care. But it's so important important to have that trust. And then another one that I read this morning was, give me wisdom. So I cannot be bribed by my intellect. In other words, stop listening to the phony news. Try to try to do something positive every day. I mean, I got to the point where I was turning my radio off. I couldn't even listen. My ears, every time I would hear the news or every time I would hear the president's voice, I would literally start shaking. I had to shut the radio. And I recognized that, you know, give me wisdom. You know, I have to listen. I have to be wise and listen to what's going on. But let me... Don't let me be bribed by my intellect. And what that means to me is don't let fear overtake me. That's why give me trust so no despair can trust my soul. Uh, can, let's see, let me read that again. Give me trust so no despair can grip my soul. We have to trust folks that we're all going to get through this one way or another. And we are getting through with it. I mean, we've been isolated since March. And it's been a real interesting experience. I've done a lot of writing. I've done a lot of meditating. Ken and I have gotten closer. And trying to look at the positive things, the positive things around us, very, very important. Well... I have some happy birthdays. It's October 26th today. And on October 26th, 1911, and she made her transition in uh, 1972, Mahalia Jackson, an African-American woman and internationally acclaimed gospel singer, sang at the 1963 March on Washington. 1963 March on Washington. I mean, it's just amazing that we're still struggling with the same issue, with the same ideas around racism, the same ideas around poverty. I mean, it's not going to change until we all change our attitude, until we start looking at things as far as solutions go, not always focusing on the problem and then you elevate the problem more and more and more, but... Focus on solutions. It's very, very important. So happy birthday, Mahalia Jackson. And then very special birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Born uh, October 26, 1947. That means you're she's an, a year older than Ken. <laughs> uh, Hillary Clinton, U.S. Secretary of State from 2029 to 2013, and then a senator from New York, oh, my goodness, from 2001 to 2009, and then was the, the first lady, former first lady, 1993 to 2001. You know what's really interesting about about Hillary Clinton? She actually tried to get a national health care program going. And man, did they blast her. How dare a first lady be so uppity and try to bring things to the nation. Amazing. Amazing. And another thing that's happening, you know, next week on Monday, it's going to be uh, the first Monday of the month in November, and it's going to be the day before elections. I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, we're having a, a record breaking people, not only that they registered, but people are already going to the polls. You know, a democracy is at work no matter what they're saying about the polls and the mail-in ballots and all that stuff, people are moving forward because they are trusting. They are trusting that it's going to work out and that their vote is going to be counted. Not to say there's not going to be some fringes around there trying to make some problems, but we have to trust that it's going to work out. And I have one last comment to make, and that is I am really disappointed in this Supreme Court justice nomination. I mean, this is really a sad day for women. I mean to think that we're appointing a woman, Amy Barrett, Judge Amy Barrett, to think that we're appointing a woman that believes that in order for her to do anything she has to consult her husband. Her husband is the one who makes the ultimate choice for her. And secondly, that she has belongs to a group that calls women handmaidens. Come on you know we need somebody that at least has at least has a more of a balance where she can represent more of the people not just kind of a one-sided view that's my fear my fear is a one-sided view and that is very very dangerous and it means that we have six conservative judges in the supreme court now that is a problem folks and I think at this particular point, they have not nominated her. But I really want to encourage people to call their senators and say, you know, you got to consider this a little bit differently. You know, abortion, I don't, ab- I don't believe in abortion. I really don't. One way or another, I don't believe a woman should get pregnant in the first place. You know, we've got birth control. We've got all kinds of educational materials. We've got all kinds of things going. But what I do believe is choice. And that's a very private thing between a woman and her doctor, a woman and her God. Choice, C-H-O-I-C-E. Why do people have such a problem with choice? You know, I saw a picture of a woman who was wearing a T-shirt saying, Mr. President, you can grab my blank anytime. Although I don't agree with that. I support her right to choose if she wants to wear that kind of T-shirt. To me, it's the same thing with abortion. It's a choice. It's a choice between the woman, her doctor, and her God. The government or any man, woman, or child should not interfere with that choice okay this is the last lots to think about lots to think about i want to get through the show because i'm really excited about having susan jones on i mean i you know i'll tell you something i don't know what it is but oftentimes you don't know what's going on in your own community i had no idea we had a female police chief at one time so it's going to be very interesting talking to her well this is the last monday of the month where in heaven's name did october go you know we're going to be facing Halloween. In fact, you know what I did is I bought some little presents for the kids around the block, and I'll go around with my face mask and give them a pencil and a little a little sticker just to make them feel good because it's <clears throat> it's Halloween. And trust me, the children are suffering having to stay home with homeschooling and all kinds learning all kinds of new technology. I mean, we are in for, we are changing as fast as we can breathe in this country. That's for sure. Well, let's do the pledge. You know, let's start. Let's let's. Uh, I don't know the pledge. You know, I do it every morning before I before I even come to the studio. I, I, I say it to myself. I have to remind myself. So, Ken, do you mind joining me? Mm-hmm since there's just the two of us in the studio, I mean, this is so wonderful. You know, I want to do a shout-out for KBBF and its board of directors and its president, Alicia Sanchez, and, and, and Edgar Avila, our program director, for keeping our station alive, keeping all community radio alive amazing okay let's do the pledge Ken. repeat after me I'm gonna say one line and then you say it and then we'll go through the whole thing how's that sound got it okay one two three my self-esteem my self-esteem does not depend does not depend on anything on anything outside of me outside of me my self-esteem my self-esteem depends, depends on my relationship on my relationship with myself with myself and my higher power and my higher Power. You know, yesterday it was very interesting. We were on a Zoom with uh, Unity here in Santa Rosa. It's a spiritual group. uh, The Fillmore's, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, started it in the early 1900s. And uh, I've been a student of Unity probably for about four years now. I mean, it's it's really my main teachings. And it was so interesting. I brought up the pledge and the minister said yes my self esteem does not depend on anything outside of me it's an inside job you know we so often we are so dependent on everything outside of ourselves to judge who we are you know what our home looks like what our clothes look like i notice when i when i dress i'm very color coordinated i'm very conscious of that so we're always so worried about the outside how do we look what do we have uh, what's our position in life But really, when you really start thinking about it, it's an inside job. You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's very interesting and very challenging. So that's why this little pledge is so important. Because what it's saying is it doesn't matter. Although I can't say it doesn't matter. Of course, it matters what people think of you, but that should not be your total focus. The most important thing is what you think of yourself, because what you think of yourself is what you present to the world. If you think of yourself as an angry, stupid person, then that's what you look like as an angry, stupid person. You know, I mean, it's an in. it's, it's you got to look inside of yourself. And you got to think, self-esteem, what does it mean? It means how you feel about yourself. And nobody outside of you should determine that. You need to know who you are. I know for myself, when I come into the studio and I'm about to do the show, I always say the pledge. Why? Because I want to remind myself that it doesn't matter what people think. I'm just trying to do whatever I'm trying to do. Actually, what I'm trying to do is bring education, a little bit of smattering of love, a reminder of kindness, all these different things. But there might be people out there judging me, saying, oh, God, what does she think, who does she think she is, or whatever whatever kind of opinion, or, oh, she's just great. Whatever kind of opinion people put on you, that's their opinion. You must have an opinion about yourself, and that's why this pledge, I believe, is very, very important. So let's say it together before we go into a musical break, and let's go one, two, three, Ken. One, two, three, Ken. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Whoo, that gives me the chills. And let me say one last thing. You know, we are a community radio. You're listening to community radio. And I've been listening to several stations that I'm on. And what I want to say is, if you send in a donation to support this station... That you will be, I will make sure that you get one of those cards with my self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. And guess what, folks? I handed out 7,000 of those. I called up, I called up the place where I go and I get my cards made. And I said, how many cards have I, have I uh, ordered over the past several years? And they said, oh, 7,000. I go, 7,000. You mean I, I handed 7,000 people one of those cards? I am obsessive. (laughs) Well, you, you know, something with self-esteem, you have to be obsessive. You have to work on it on a daily basis. So I'm going to say it one more time. Just sit and listen to it. I'm going to say it very slowly. Observe it. Internalize it. Walk around with it today. See how it makes you feel. It might make you feel a little bit different as you're saying this mantra in your head. You might just be responding a little bit more positively. You just never know. So I'm going to say it very slowly. My self-esteem does not depend on on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. And, folks, you can choose anything you want as your higher power. You know, I think of my higher power as the whole universe (laughs) As, as far as that goes. I feel there's something. There's something. I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. To me, it's too limited to even call it God. But it's a power greater than ourselves that if we call on it, if it gives us energy, it gives us purpose, it gives us a lot. So I hope you enjoy the pledge. I hope you're enjoying this show. And right now, we are going to take a musical break. And the song I'm going to play is called "A Bad Romance. You know, we're into the voting season, man. Next Tuesday is the final day and maybe in the next month. We'll find out who won and who didn't. I want to congratulate all the folks that had the courage to step up and run, to raise money, to do the things they're doing. You know, I want to do a shout-out to all of them. It takes a lot of energy to run. And there's lots of women that are running this year, which is so exciting to me. Women bring a different perspective. They bring the mother. They bring the caring and the sharing. Although I have to say, I can't say that about all women, but majority of them. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let's go ahead Ken and we're going to play uh, a, a Bad Romance and it's, uh, it's a, a, a Lady Gaga song but there's a group called SOMO uh, Education Publishing that has made the song. In fact, I think there's a little bit of com- controversy about it but it's a fabulous song. It's all about suffrage and, and what we went through to get the vote. Remember folks we only got the vote by one vote so it's very important that you vote. And when we come back I will be talking with, uh, oh, by the way, A Bad Romance is dedicated to Alice Paul and the generations of brave women who joined together in the fight to pass the 19th Amendment, giving the women right to vote one in 1920. This year, we celebrated 100 years. And when I come when we come back, I will be talking with police Chief and former mayor of Hillsburg, Susan Jones, excuse me, former police chief and former mayor of Hillsburg, Susan Jones. And we'll be talking about Measure P. So let's go ahead and let's go listen to A Bad Romance.
1: Suffered till we have suffered. It's gotten ugly, they pass the fifteen. Still, women have no right, no guarantee to liberty, child health, wealth and property. We'll raise our banner across this land This franchise isn't just the right of a man you never sold Yeah, 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 you never sold You know we don't want to take freedoms from you Just want our rights and nothing less
0: I remember when I had Molly McGregor, who was the director from the uh, Women's History Alliance, on, and she said, oh, I can just listen to that song ten times a day. That's exactly the way I feel. Well, for you just joining in, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM, Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's Spaces. Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest. Joining me on the phone is former police chief and former mayor of Healdsburg, Susan Jones. Welcome, Susan. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you Elaine, nice to be here Oh, I'm so happy to have you on You know, we're going to talk about Measure P today and I I want to uh, let my audience, my listeners know that we did reach out to the Sheriff's Department and I have not had any response from them to uh, the law enforcement to uh, bring somebody on to talk about it and I thought, since you were the former police chief, that I could get a a law enforcement's uh, perspective on this very important measure, so thank you so much for coming on, and do you mind if I tell my listeners just a little bit about you before we begin? Oh, sure. That's fine. Susan Jones is a 34-year law enforcement veteran and the former Healdsburg police chief where she also served as mayor for Healdsburg. The career of retired Healdsburg, uh, Healdsburg police chief could Easily be told as the story of an openly gay woman who took bold steps to overcome gender discrimination and rose to a top leadership position in law enforcement against the odds. Boy, I'll tell you, that's, it's amazing, Susan. Congratulations. You've done a lot for women. She brings a broad perspective to the issues confronting law enforcement in the community and is one of the presenters for Measure P. Well, welcome, Susan, and would you like to add anything more? No, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> it's really interesting that I have to do a shout out for my dear friend Susan Lamont. It seems like two Susans are really are really behind this wonderful, wonderful measurement. So, Susan, you know, talk about some of the challenges You know, before we begin, talk about some of the challenges you had as a law enforcement officer, and what motivated you to get involved in Measure P, and what do you believe this uh, measurement will provide the community, including law enforcement.
3: Oh gosh, that's that's a big question. A pretty loaded question. Um, challenges that I had uh, as a woman in law enforcement was, um, I guess, throughout my career was just not having my voice heard. Um, you know, it's it is. I mean, back in the day when I started, it was 1979, and just to give you an idea, our uniforms consisted of a skirt, comfortable shoes, (laughs) and we carried our gun in a big black purse. So we we have come a long way. Um, I love the black purse. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, always handy. (laughs) Um, But, you know, throughout my career, I started with the Kern County Sheriff's Department, and I worked down there for five years where we petitioned to, uh, didn't sue, but petitioned to be able to wear pants. And we were allowed to do that, and then at some point the uh, federal court stepped in and created or tried to create an environment so that we could work patrol and uh, other fields besides just the jail. Um, but I was only down there for five years. I came up to the city of Concord in the East Bay up here, and I spent the majority of my career there, 17 years, uh, rising through the ranks. And I left there as a district commander and took over Hillsburg in t- 2002. Well, congratulations. So, yeah, and it, it involved a lawsuit. I had to sue for sexual harassment, gender discrimination at Concord. But um, that's another story. <laughs> Um, why am I involved in, in Measure P? Yeah. Um, I think when I was in Concord, we uh, began instituting community-oriented policing in 1992. And it had an amazing effect on the police department's relationship with the community, and mostly because of the transparency issue. We started inviting in uh, community members to sit in meetings with us, to uh, help us work uh, with factions of the community that needed assistance, um, go on ride-alongs. I mean, it just volunteer, do house checks for us. It just became a situation where we all basically worked together and really fulfilled Sir Robert Peel's. Statement that the police are the public and the public are the police. I love that. So, oh, it it was wonderful. And that's a good statement. So well, we actually won the James Q. Wilson uh, Award in community policing, which is a coveted award for the state of California um, because of our efforts. But what I saw over the years. When I came to Hillsburg, we I brought in community policing. It really wasn't something that the department was practicing. They thought they were, but um, there weren't the proper programs and and uh, processes in place. So we, we did that. But what I saw is that over the years, that philosophy started waning, and I think it came... Actually, with the federal government providing police departments with all of the military equipment, extra military equipment, I, I could see police departments slipping back to the uh, more of a law enforcement, um, not so much the friendly policing, get out and do foot patrol, bike patrol, those kinds of things. And it it's it just kind of started becoming an us-versus-them philosophy again or, or practice.
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting when you talk about that, when you say us with them, you know, against them yeah. and vice versa, you know. I mean, the the whole idea of, of Measure P, how it was, it was actually born, was through the uh, horrible death of young Andy Lopez, and then I remember uh-huh. when I was involved, I was shocked because I found out that there was a report that came in from the United States uh, Civil Rights Commission. They came into the into Sonoma County and made uh, made various recommendations, which none of them were happening. And we had more and more shootings as the years have gone by. In fact, with our new sheriff right now, we've actually had nine more incidents. It's something like six point six million dollars in 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 fees, you know, in settlements, plus oh, about right. three million in lawyers. I mean, it just goes on and on. And then it, what's, what's interesting, too, which I would like to address real quickly, is on the no. Uh, there's there's a campaign, and I was very involved with electri- uh, district elections, and one of the themes they had is the way they got people to vote against it was, you're going to lose your vote. And here with Measure P, I'm noticing they have these huge billboards. In fact, I have a picture in front of me of it. It's really, it's quite concerning Concerning to me because they talk about don't defund the the uh, the law enforcement, and I'd like you to address that because as from what I understand, for example, correct me if I'm wrong, or right, or support it, whatever. <laughs> Let's say you have a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And 1%, they're saying 1% uh, of the sheriff's budget is going to be going for this new measure to get oversight in our, to th- this particular organization, Iolero. Okay, so you have your $1, 1% of that dollar is one penny okay so the one penny comes out of the general fund but the dollar still goes back to the sheriff's department they're not none of their money is lost it's just whatever their budget is is one percent that is what the general fund is going to allocate to iolero is that correct
3: that is absolutely correct Um, they just got a budget approved of 190 million dollars roughly and so what what this is asking for is a guaranteed budget equivalent of 1% of the sheriff's office budget it will not take it out of the sheriff's office
0: so and from what i understanding that a lot of people in the rural areas are really frightened about this because they're afraid if this if this measure passes they're not going to be the sheriffs not going to protect them but i don't believe that i believe that's a myth yeah, that is a mess. That's that's a scare tactic. Well, what do you think? Why why is there resistance? What is the resistance? I mean, as a law enforcement, I mean, here you are. You're a law enforcement person. You sat where you saw what the importance of community policing. You saw different ways of bringing different regulations have really helped not only the community, but the police department. What is the resistance here in this county? I don't understand it. Well, you know, I I can say that. The majority of,
3: of deputies and, and uh, command staff at the sheriff's office are good people and they want oversight but the police union or association um the deputy sheriff's association is generally driven by a few people and not necessarily the majority so there are some who do not want oversight. They want to be able to operate without someone looking over their shoulder second-guessing their work. And they have the ability to go out and sell this as uh, a tactic of the... Uh, of this organization to defund the police uh, or um, it's going to make it harder for them to do their jobs. And it's not. It's not.
0: Well, one of the things one of the things I noticed during the Andy Lopez situation, when many many people showed up at the Board of Supervisors, what they actually started doing they start uh, rotating the law enforcement that's that you know protect the supervisors you know by their by their podium. They started mm-hmm. you know circulating every every time we come there would be a new officer, a new officer, a new officer. And finally, I walked up to one of the officers. I said, "You know, it's really interesting that they don't just assign one person." And what he told me was. He said, Well he says, you know, they're talking bad about the police, they're talking about bad about law enforcement. It's very discouraging to the to the officers to come and so that's why they're rotating them so we have kind of equal everybody's getting a little bit a little bit of a a little bit at a time of it rather than being hit with it so many times by one person so that at that point I thought to myself well that's really interesting that they they would have to do that because they felt that they put they were overwhelmed by what they were hearing so that gave me a sense that maybe there was some feeling bad or feeling um you know feeling remorseful about what's happening and we Something better could happen. Do you think that might have been happening then? It, you know, it very well could have. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
3: Um, I mean, if that was the reasoning for rotating people or, or letting everyone get a taste of what the community is saying. Oh, great. Smoke along just one Um I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't really think that that's a good way to handle it. I think what they should be doing is why, looking into it, and why is the community reacting this way?
0: Well, I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Why is your fire alarmer? Are you in a smoke area? Or are you in a fire area? <laughs> I'm actually no I'm in my
3: uh, office and uh my other half is cooking <laughs> so and, um she got it shut off good perfect what? I'm back
0: with the final, the final, the final question I have from you is that we like to yeah. think that our community does not have biases or are racist. Yet there is a disproportionate dis- harm to com- communities of color. How would Measure P impact this? How would it help? And what? Why is it important to have transparency and accountability? Well, it, it Measure P
3: will, well, because of transparency and accountability, will create a safer environment for the public including communities of color, and it'll, it'll create a safer environment for the police. What we found is that um, community oversight and transparency, aside from being a tenet of community policing, has proven to increase officer safety and community safety due to creating the transparency, which increases trust between the police and the community.
0: Well, that's a big word, Susan. Trust, and it's very trust. important. Trust. It's is, huge. It's huge. Is it. It. And 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 we've lost trust. And I believe that something like this will renew the trust and will give everybody some sort of working model, you know, to to work with. So thank you so much for your perspective and for coming on to Women's Spaces. And as the last words, any last words you'd like to share with our listeners? And also, is there a website they can go to and anything that you'd like to mention?
3: Yes, there is a website. It is yesonpsonomacounty.com. That's YesOnPeace, SonomaCounty.com. Go on it. You can read more about what this is. Donate, endorse it, tell your friends, and most importantly, vote.
0: Well, Susan Jones, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Women's Faces and giving us this law enforcement perspective. I mean, it's really, really appreciated. And to all the folks out there, you know, change is, change is not easy. And we need a lot of support. And this is just another way that I imagine to support things. And I want to thank you. And any, any way people can get a hold of you, any website you have or any special, any special way they get, I know that right now you're in real estate. You went from law enforcement to real estate. I know <laughs> that's going to be another great story, but do you have a website or anything like that? Or- I do. Yeah, I do. Um, it's uh, real
3: estate. All one word, Sonoma mendo.com
0: Well, I hope people contact you. And any other questions that I might have and the community might have, I hope that I can call on you to maybe say, hey, Susan, can you help me with this one? You sure can. You can call anytime. Well, thank you, Susan Jones. And special say, uh, I know that you have a wonderful partner. Uh, uh, what's Tony's last name? Lisoni. Right, and she's also worked a lot with law enforcement. and. Yes, she has.
3: She's she's a civil rights attorney, and her practice was actually built around uh, suing police departments who (laughs) sexually harassed uh, uh, female officers.
0: Wow. Oh, I'm telling you. Well, thank you so much, Susan Jones, and I want to wish you all the success in the world, whatever you're doing, and thank you for being of such good service to our community. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Wow. I mean, there are so many great women in this community, for heaven's sakes. And we're going to be talking to another one. We're going to be talking to Mara Ventura. I love her name, Mara Ventura. She's from Jobs for Justice here in Sonoma County. And we're going to be talking about some of the challenges about work and all that other good stuff. We're going to take a musical break and we're going to play a song called The Union Maid," sung by New Harmony Singers. And when we come back, I'm going to have the pleasure of talking with Mara.
4: wants the see you. you and fight the union way. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union.
0: Have to say that I was a union brat. My father Solomon Holtz was a union man. In fact, he showed me the scar on his head from when he, when he was on strike in Chicago for the papers. It was a brutal day. He told me. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, uh, joining me on the phone is Mara Ventura, the director of North Bay Jobs with Justice. Welcome, welcome. Mara, welcome to Women's Spaces once again. Hi, Elaine. Thanks for having me back. Love oh, to I be th- here. I just think I think you have an important message to give our folks. You know, we're going to talk about some of the impact that the pandemic and the fires and all that stuff is having on workers and and in general. And I I know you're in a kind of a transition, so I'm really happy that you're on again. And do you mind if I tell my folks a little bit, uh, the listeners, just a little bit about you, Mara? Please, yeah, it'd be great. Mara Ventura has 13-plus years of organizing, including six as a labor union organizer. For the past four years, she has been with our local Jobs with Justice chapter, first serving as lead organizer and now currently as the first executive director. North Bay Jobs with Justice, NBJW, is a coalition of more than 20 unions and community organizations that build power for working families by supporting worker-led campaigns and driving social change at the local, state and national levels. Well welcome Mara. I mean this is just amazing all that you have done. Anything else you would like to add, my friend?
2: Um no, just having, you know, served here at North Bay Delta Justice now four years has just been such a highlight of my life and I just appreciate you having me on to talk a little bit about the work we've been able to do.
0: Well, four years. God, time goes by so darn fast. Well, talk talk about how you got involved with jobs uh, with justice. And, you know, it's been a tough year for workers. Talk about some of the issues, particularly with the uh, pandemic and also the fires. I mean, my God, we've been hit with so many things. I know. Um, Well, uh,
2: it's funny. The way that I fell into North Bay Jobs with Justice or or the Jobs with Justice family, because we're one of 40 chapters around the nation, is uh, that I was a former union organizer. And I really loved hearing the union song you just played. As a former union organizer, I've heard so many union songs, and I've been in a lot of meetings where everyone just sort of spontaneously busts into old union songs, and we, we need to write some new union songs for this generation. Um, but that's how I fell into Jobs of Justice. I was a longtime union organizer for in-home care workers, for health care workers, um, for custodians, um, you know, a whole swath of different workers, and came uh, to California, moved down here from Seattle to uh, be closer to family, returned to California, really returned to uh, Sonoma County. And some of the work that we have had to do this year given, like you said, it being such a tough year for workers. You know, right away in the first week of the pandemic, North Bay Organizing Project and our organization started SoCo United in Crisis. A lot of folks have gone and and seen our website, SoCoUnitedInCrisis.org, where we were helping various organizations like HP's fight for um, adequate PPE for workers and supporting the Great and Day Labor Center's call for um, funding for undocumented communities. And uh, there's been a series and will be um, a memorial um, coming up for um, our uh, unhoused community or actually I think we just went to it actually just happened, but um, by homeless action. So, you know, there's been a big shift in the work that we've had to do to make sure that workers have what they need this year. And the big thing is paid sick leave. So folks can check out our website, but if you don't know every worker now um, across Santa Rosa and Sonoma County have 80 hours of paid sick leave, as well as the ability to take care of anybody else in your circle, um, not just family um, and use your, your paid sick leave at work. And we're really trying to make sure that workers feel safe uh, given the pandemic. Um, and, uh, And we're shifting gears to make sure that farm workers feel safe, as you said, given all the wildfires that are happening.
0: Well, congratulations! I mean, that's amazing. One of the things, as I was listening to you, and we're into an election. It's so important to pay attention to who we are who we are voting for elect- locally, because these are the people that help inspire you know help support these programs. So elections are very important. Local is very very important. So this that's amazing. You know, when you talk about workers getting sick leave, you know, in my mind, I always think I can't believe that there's a struggle for sick leave. I I mean I know I'm a am a little bit older than most but all my years of working I always had sick leave and vacations and all those and benefits too and then all of a sudden boom it seemed it felt like the whole world has just changed
2: Would Yeah you- absolutely as we've seen over history over time as we've seen an attack on labor unions um, and the rise of you know these mega Trillionaire corporations. We have this year. Jeff Bezos becomes um, the first trillionaire in the same year that we have, um, you know, this economic depression and an economic shutdown where millions are out of work, and um, it's not a coincidence. That's you know how the systems worked. And as as unions have been attacked by the Trump administration. Um, uh, and been attacked by these large corporations. Um, so too has the degradation of of labor standards, like paid sick leave. Unfortunately,
0: well, you know, it's interesting because I went into a major a major grocery outlet. I'm not going to mention names. And all of a sudden, I noticed they had like eight uh, self checkouts. And I went, I looked, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wait a minute!" I said to Ken, "I said, you know, something." People don't realize. I refuse. I refuse to use the checkout, the self checkout, because yes. I realize that that position is taking a position away, and we can't. afford, I mean, we've lost enough jobs in this country. So it's really interesting, and, and people need to pay a little bit more attention to what is happening and to support union activities. I mean, there are some grocery outlets that are unionized. I mean, I I make a, I try to make a commitment to shop in as many places as I can that are union. So it's it's an important, it's an important thing. Well, as a, as, as a transition out of uh, North Bay Jobs with Justice, what do you think has been the greatest accomplishment that you have accomplished while you have been the director with your staff?
3: What are, yeah, you, what are um, you
0: the most proud of? What do you want to just brag about, Mara? yeah well, I will brag about first um the passage of uh, four
2: citywide minimum wage campaigns last year, um not only in partnership with the North Bay labor Council, um but also in every city from Sonoma to Petaluma, um even down to Nevada. Um, in Marin County and, of course, in Santa Rosa, every city where we launched these campaigns, we put together a committee of volunteers and activists and minimum wage workers. And so really it was this incredible team effort of people coming out and running, um, getting thousands of petition signatures and sending postcards to folks and testifying and meeting the city council, tons of low wage workers um, taking time out of their their day to come and sit with local elected officials and explain what making only 11 and 12 bucks an hour has meant for them. And passing those citywide minimum wage campaigns have been huge. And we've uh, just, it, it certainly showed, um, you know, the fruits of our labor this year, because, you know, it couldn't have come at a better time workers to be getting a significant pay raise as, um, you know, unemployment in Santa Rosa is dropping and and jobs are starting to slowly open up again, even though, you know, we're still dealing with a lot of unemployment. Um, I think it's great that um, workers are at least making enough to somewhat stay a little bit above water. And uh, so we're really excited about that. We still hope to, to work with the County of Sonoma next year to figure out what we can do on a larger scale, particularly for farm workers, um, and DocuFund. I don't need to say much, but folks know you know that joint effort with MBOP and Great and Day Labor Center has just been amazing, and we've we've given out over eleven million dollars to thousands of undocumented families since the Tubbs fires. Um, and finally, I'll just say something I'm really proud of is the Alliance for a Just Recovery. Um, folks can can check that out on our website, and you can also join. We are a totally open group, but we're um, over 20 organizations across Sonoma County between labor and faith and community and environmental groups who are thinking about how our community is um, actively in recovery, um, equitably, and uh, People haven't heard a ton of us from this year because we've been running surveys and interviews and um, doing a lot of um, internal work, but um, I'm so proud of, of that coalition and what we've been able to do, and folks are probably going to hear a lot more from Alliance for Just Recovery next year.
0: You know, you bring up a very important point. You know, I just I just interviewed somebody from Measure P that's on the ballot this year, the Ailero, uh the... Oversight, And one Mm -hmm. of the things that came up, that comes up for me a lot around this particular measure is the idea that it's happening because of community involvement. And you're saying the same thing here, that the community got involved. Here you got this alliance that you started, people from the organizations joined. They got uh, community members to support them, to donate, to do all the things that is necessary to bring this into place. And here you start getting appropriate wages for people and things start getting better with different benefits. Etc. That you've talked about, but if we're not for the people standing up and saying, "Listen, our self-esteem is so evolved that we know that we deserve better than this," and we are going, to, we're willing to fight for it. So, I just want to congratulate everybody that participated in that in that particular movement, and particularly you for for leading it. So, I understand you're going to be leaving us, or you're not going to be leaving us, or what's the story, Mara? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I uh my partner and I will be physically leaving Sonoma County this um, in uh in November, excuse me, um, for El Paso and there's a really beautiful article in the Bohemian online and in their magazine um, that highlights uh, my partner Dr. Tony Ramirez and um, just the how important it is for her to to take back her her family medicine training back to her community. So we're excited to be back. It's certainly not only a battleground state right now, but being back on the border where there are important national fights happening around immigration. We're excited to be there and and to take our organizing skills. I will, however, continue to work remotely for North Bay Jobs of Justice over the next couple months. We hope to announce our new executive director in the next week or two and uh, so folks can stay tuned for that, and I'll stay on and help transition them um, through at least the end of the year, possibly into January.
0: Amazing. Well, we got a minute for you, Mara. You know, we're at the end of this segment. What would you like to leave folks with? What, any message you would like to give and also give websites, etc. But anything that you would like to say to the community about your job, about your position, about what you did, about what you hope for in the future?
2: Yeah. Thanks, Elaine. Um Uh, Definitely, please, folks, check out our website at northbayjobswithjustice.org for everything that we talked about today. Um, I would love to leave two things. One, which is that um, in the short few years that I've been able to be here and work here, more and more workers are are rising up in Sonoma County. So I just want to let folks know, um, stay watching what's happening um, with healthcare workers, particularly right now, but um, hospitality workers, We saw waste workers rise up. So as you see workers, um, it was really um, terrible to see that the press Democrat tried to shame the Santa Rosa Memorial workers who went out on strike this year. And right after the editorial board said, you know, thumbs down for going on strike, we then saw two consecutive outbreaks of COVID in that hospital. So what they did was the exact right thing. And I want to, you know, encourage our community to always support workers um, and I want to just add like support incoming young leadership there are so many um, inspiring young leaders stepping up to lead and it's time for um, us to figure out as a community how we're going to support them because those are the future leaders here in Sonoma County and um, that, that's what I would leave this county because I think I feel very hopeful about the future of
0: sonoma county well our youth are the future children are the future and what a wonderful future we have as long as people become involved well mara ventura thank you so much for being on women's Spaces, and thank you so much for leading such wonderful wonderful experiences for people and enjoying the success you're enjoying and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on on women's Spaces and for all that you do
2: Thank you so much for having me, Elaine, and I'm excited for you to continue to have, you know, our future director here in your um, studio uh, moving forward, so thank you.
0: Well, you have my email. I really want to do an interview on that alliance. That sounds just fascinating. Thank you so much. That would be great, yep. Thank you, my friend. Well, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Susan Jones, who was the former police chief for Healdsburg and former mayor, for giving us such insight into Measure P from the law enforcement perspective. And also a special thank you to Mara Ventura from Jobs with Justice here in Sonoma County for all the wonderful, wonderful work they've done. You know, our workers, we need our workers. I mean, Nothing gets done if you don't have workers, for heaven's sakes. Well, I want to let everybody know I really appreciate you listening to Women's Spaces and to remind you, V-O-T-E. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time.
1: She can wait.
0: The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 26, 2020.